This podcast episode will cover whatever the fuck I want to talk about because it's 1am and I can't sleep. So if this is your niche, then please stick around. Hello, everybody. I don't have an upload schedule set for myself just yet, but... You know, life is crazy, things are crazy, you know, I've started a new job as of recently, and my schedule has been yet to be solidified yet. But I have a job. It's great. Life is good. Life is neutral. I like neutral. Because I would much rather have a life of monotony, monotony, than just have like chaos and just things flying everywhere out of the sky you know i don't want to be part of a tom hanks movie what if i want to be part of a julia roberts movie i want to eat pray love anyways <laughs> my brain at 1am is very different from the way i operate in the mornings usually because i'm a little bit caffeinated but i like to think that i'm way more lucid and i operate kind of in a more lucid manner in the am hours you know i I think we're, we've grown up in a society that's conditioned us to think that our only productivity, have, our only amount, our biggest amount of productivity comes in the morning and the evening. We've, we're in a society that has glorified morning people. And, you know, I guess like night people that are night owls are always labeled as the ones that are up at night playing video games and, you know, eating hot Cheetos. But yes, it is true. That is... That sort of like nighttime culture is sort of out there, but you know, I there are people who generally operate better at night. You know, that's why we have schedules that are flexible nowadays because there are some people whose brains are on when the rest of the world is turned off. You know, I like to think from a spiritual manner is that, you know, when the majority of the people in the vicinity of your area are asleep, there's more time to think, you know, I just think like as a collective consciousness, everybody's thinking at the same time, it can be a lot of white noise at the background that prevents us to just, you know, stay quiet and be at peace with the night. And you know, that's that can be taken in a literal sense too, not just beyond spirituality, and you know, generally you have more time to yourself when the rest of the people in your family are asleep, or in your household, you know, just to generalize things more. Now... I came into this recording thinking that, knowing that I wouldn't have a set, you know, thing. And I don't have a set topic to think about, you know? I guess this is just sort of like more of an inner dialogue of the things I want to talk about, you know, in podcast format. You know, I just, I love voicing my opinions in terms of like what I want to do for my goals and stuff like that. And, you know, I... I like to think that I want this podcast to eventually be a vibe that once I do get comfortable, that when you, listener, reading to this, will feel like, you know, just just grabbing a coffee with a friend, you know, having engaging in deep conversations like this, or, you know, less deep conversations. I want to talk about silly stuff too, you know? I don't want it to all be deep and, you know, doom and, not doom and gloom because this isn't that kind of thing, but... You know, I want to have lighthearted conversations, and I want to have lighthearted topics, and I want to have lighthearted people on here. And yeah, I feel like I feel like um, recently, as of late, 
I didn't realize how stressed I was before. Um, mostly because I, I feel like I do a good job at managing stress even when I don't realize it. I think a lot of that is just sort of the disassociation because I've, I've always for the longest time, excuse me, I'm about to burp. Mm, excuse me. Um, I've been under the mentality that stress, you know, I mean, unless it's like a motivator, does nothing for me as a person. Um, growing up, I had anxiety, so like any type of stress was bad stress. But years of, you know, coping mechanisms and all that stuff later, I, I feel like I've gained a big repertoire for managing stress. And, you know, I, sometimes I do give myself like the short end of the stick, you know, it's because you have nothing to be stressed about. But I'm a 22-year-old man and, uh, you know, just with a single, and I live with my family, yes, and I have a full-time job and stuff like that. I have many years to sort out, you know, where I want to go in terms of finances and, you know, relationships, all that fun stuff. And I still find myself to be very, you know, young in terms of what I want to do in life and experimentation. and. You know, life could change in an instant, and I think we fail, as humans, we fail to realize that we could all disappear at any moment. That took a dark turn, but just bear with me, you know, I just... Why are we so afraid of talking about death? Again, dark turn, darker turn, but, you know, I just... We don't talk about death as a society, you know, and I feel like we fear it at large, you know, and... I don't, sometimes, I, well, granted, this is coming from the perspective that I never really experienced a death that was close, close, close to me, you know, I've grown up with my grandparents, and to this day, they're still alive and breathing and very healthy, and, you know, 22 years later, you know, I, I'm kind of fearful, but I don't want to be fearful. I, the only thing that's constant things that are constant are change and death, you know, and I want, I want to be in a mindset to where I am happy and to where I can move on in the same way that everybody does, because everybody deals with death in a very different manner, and some people are angry, some people grieve, you know, we all have the, we all know the five stages of grieving. Um, I've done that for material objects that I've grown up with as a child. Um, but of course, that's not the thing to compare to death, but, you know, it's just something to think. I think we need to have a conversation, like, at large about how we view things, you know. But, yeah, that's what I'm thinking about, you know. It's not that I'm thinking about death constantly, you know, because that would stress me out within and of itself. Um, yeah, I mean, for me growing up, when it comes to religion, you know, I wasn't born into a set religion, you know, spirituality and stuff like that wasn't forced for me upon my parents. So I was pretty much free to choose whatever I believed, you know, and I wasn't really scared of like dying itself, but more or less what came after, you know, I, I wasn't able, as a child, I wasn't really able to conceptualize the afterlife. And as a child, I really wanted to know everything about everything, you know, I was a very curious, curious kid. But I, I googled and like I researched, you know, is there proof of the afterlife, you know, is there proof of death, you know, I mean, is there proof of like, you know, heaven and hell, you know, and once I saw all these different like faiths come up, I was just like, well, god damn it, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, and you know, no one knows, but I, I love 
the idea of just humans having hope that there is, you know, a place for us. And even if there isn't, you know, I don't know what to do about that. I'm just a man speaking behind a, a microphone headset for, from $30 from GameStop. But, um, you know, we all, we're all gonna die, and that's okay. And that's all the advice I can give on that, because this is not an advice podcast, you know? Um, I don't even know what I can constitute this podcast as, but this is a 1am thought. I don't even know if I want to constitute this as a bonus episode, do I? God, I'm hungry. <sighs> okay. Maybe take a deep breath. <sighs> I would love or for some goals that I have for the future with this podcast alone I definitely do want to you know reach an audience of uh, well not like-minded people per se but you know people that are willing to listen um, you know and if you're listening here you're doing a great job especially this episode which is pretty much just a long-winded rant about whatever I feel like and you know I want to do something, like a creative project that's entirely not driven by an outside factor, you know? Um, even if I do get sponsorships, even if I do make passive income from this, even if I do do all that stuff, I want this to be purely something that I pour my heart and soul into by talking and articulating in a certain sense that does make sense to people, even when it comes to, you know, high-level concepts, such as, you know, the inner self, the inner child, you know? and just deeper psychological mechanisms that have yet to be explored by the field. You know, and at that point, I know that because my intended purpose is to just voice my opinion about, and, you know, my ideas about how I feel about certain things and what to do about that, I feel like just taking a step to do this podcast is a big step forward, and I give myself credit for that, at least. I don't want to define sex, uh, assess, uh, success. I don't want to define su- success, 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 um, by you know a certain amount of follower count or by like sponsorships. And that's so cliche. You know, did I go into this knowing that this might potentially be a monetizable hobby? Yes, I did go into that, but I don't want that to take away from the equation. Because I think this is probably the most authentic I've ever been in an online format in my life. Yeah. I'm also doing this podcast knowing in the fact that I have to be at work in eight-ish hours. Jesus Christ. Um, but you know, it's like, I feel, even though, you know, I've, I've done this plenty of time. I've stayed up. And high school and middle school, I've stayed up until 2, 3 a.m., not even doing homework because as a child, I would do homework on the way to school for periods 1, 2, 3, and do lunch. At lunch, I would do the rest of my homework from 4 to 7, you know, and it's a habit. You know, I've always, I think I've always been the type to work smart and not hard. It's gotten me pretty far, I would say, you know. I'm a fully employed person, so I would say I've done something right, but... College was a totally different animal, and I would say I have to work smart and hard. <laughs> um, in high school, it always they always said, you know, work smart, not hard. And there were some teachers that preached that, and there were some teachers that were absolutely against that, you know, and those were the ones that usually assigned all the busy work. And, uh, you know, high school was a totally, I would say high school and college were their own respective beasts, per se. 
you know, if I had to compare it, you know, I just feel like high school was like being like a caged animal in a sense, you know, there wasn't that, I went, I didn't go to like a private school or anything, but it was a charter system and they got to do whatever they want in terms of like restrictions and stuff like that. And my God, did I not realize how I was, how ill-prepared they prepared me, you know, um, you know, like um, freedom-wise, because college, it was all freedom. And I was like, all these, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Especially since I was, I went away from my hometown for college. And, you know, coming from an environment where it was so restrictive to like, you know, the animal let loose in the wild and it doesn't know how to operate with the other animals. Which I think is everybody's college experience for those that move away or even the ones that move within. Like an environment of change is just something so drastic, but being the same sort of thing in the next level. But you cannot compare high school to college in any sort of sense in terms of environment, academics, at least for me. But it was the best and worst four years of my life college was. Well, actually, I, was, I wouldn't say that my college experience was like anyone else's that were like, you know, years before, you know, I, I've graduated this June, which means that I would have like nearly three semesters of online. And that was interesting. And, you know, but before that, I, the year before that third year of college was hands down the best year of co- my college experience. You know, I've, I've, I feel like I've cultivated a friend group that year that I want to keep in for the rest of my days. You know, and if you guys are listening to this, you know who you are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a bro to a bro, you know. That was cringe. I hate that. <laughs> but still, you know, I, it's, it's changed me. I feel, like, I feel like I wouldn't be the person that I am physically or emotionally or, and yes, of course, academically. But I think more than anything, if college made me grow in some way, it's made me realize a lot about myself. I, I've been told that I've been a pretty self-aware person, and college has only sort of amplified that for better or for worse. I want to switch gears a little bit, but even though this is all pretty free-formed, I'm going to switch this to part two right now. first thing that comes to mind when it comes to me having these 1am thoughts is that it, at one point, it always comes down to the people that I've lost in my life. You know, obviously not death, but, you know, I've, I've grown apart from a lot of people. I've also been doing the cutting off, and the cutting off has happened to me, and yeah, it's, it, it sucks. You know, it sucks in a way that, you know, it's, you're so powerless, you know, and of course, a lot of it was situational, and I think I pretty much touched on that before, and like, I've been cut off many a time, and I wish I would say that it had nothing to do with me, but really, it's, you know, I, I've always given myself the short end of stick in, like, friendships that have gone awry, and... Yeah, I'm, I want to admit to my mistakes, you know, that it's, it's, at some points it was my fault. Sometimes I was the friend that, you know, didn't respond, the ones that didn't text consistently, and sometimes I was, you know, wasn't always the best when it came to communicating how I felt. 
but every day I'm thinking about those that I've lost less than less. And of course I say like lost, like I'm grieving and I wouldn't say I'm grieving, but I do miss them and they were all good people and I guess at that point I didn't deserve to be with them. Of course, this is 1.27 a.m. me talking and I, I don't know. A lot of the times, I think the reason why I'm so like attached to the people that I am friends with now, it's, it's got a lot to do with what I've wanted as a child, you know, and what I've consumed a lot of television and I think there was something so charming to see the same group of friends every episode interacting in a different transformative way. You know, um, I would say that I grew up in the golden age of Disney Channel and Nickelodeon. Arguably, you can argue against me all you want, depending on the, what you grew up, where you grew up, and what you ended up watching. But I love seeing the different dynamics of you know friends laughing, you know, and getting into catty fights, but still making up at the end. And it was always so sweet, and I'm just like, I want that. <laughs> and at one point, I did have those. Uh, I did have that, but with all the drama and less of the genuine. But not with the friends that I have now. And I think friendship is such a powerful thing. And I think we give friendship such a definitive thing. But I think we can find friendship and kinship for that matter and everything. You know, our pets. Our, um, our siblings, you know. I, I like to think of my sister as a very close friend of mine, you know. Like, I don't have this kind of, like, headbutting that you know, that other, oh, some of my friends have with their siblings, I, I adore my sister very much, mm -hmm. but I think the way we talk about friendship is just like, oh yeah, she's my friend, you know, we talk sometimes, and I think it's just been so, like, weirdly enough generalized, yet specified at the same time, it's a weird thing that I can't really explain, you know, but whenever we think of a friend, you know, we think of Who's like the first person that you think of when you think of a friend? Like, have that person in mind. Then like, you know, I mean, I think everybody who, who is listening will have a different timeline of how you are a friend. Because really, there are some people who don't really know when they started becoming friends with a person. I think the difference, main difference, sorry, let's sneeze and yawn at the same time. Whew. I think the difference between like relationships and friendships is that friendships just sort of happen and most of the time it's like being in the same place at the right time you know same institute same work same place but really relationships have like an established ritual almost like you don't just wake up in the morning and like with your uh, partner just like oh i guess we're boyfriend and girlfriend now or boyfriend and boyfriend and girlfriend and girlfriend whatever you want whatever you preach <laughs> but you know it's, uh, i mean that does happen but it's not nearly as to the level of like friendships it's just like oh i guess we're friends you know <laughs> i can honestly remember the first time i've encountered a person and I, I wouldn't say that we were friends then the specific person i have in mind is that we weren't friends until we started you know like our uh, like my circle i was just recently cut off with i mean i was like at the time i was cut off from a friendship and I guess I sort of gravitated towards a different group of people and they stuck around and just like, hey, I know you. Let's be friends. No, don't say that. I wasn't going to say that, but I was thinking it. 
I will admit this, but no, I let it happen naturally. And I think like, I think there's something so cute about, you know, a playground like friendship, like, hey, do you want to be friends? You know, unless they say no. <laughs> um, but yeah. I am so hungry, I want to make a sandwich. Don't mind me. If you have friends that are not toxic, cherish them. And if you have friends that are toxic, believe me, I've so been there. And I've always been so like, my biggest fear for like, from like, preventing of cutting them off, you know, was that it would eventually lead to me being cut off from an entire friend group. You know, there's always different variants of dynamics. And essentially, you know, I mean, really, they weren't your friends to begin with, because if they're gonna choose that person that genuinely hurts you over and over again over them, so be it. You know, I'm currently dealing with a situation where all of my friends are very in faraway cities. But yeah, I wouldn't say it's a situation, more like a circumstance, because I knew it would happen, because, you know, it's college. Of course, like, I want to protect everyone's privacy unless they willingly decide to come on this podcast. But I, I, every time we text each other, it's like we never even, it's like I, it's honestly like I've never even moved out from college in that town. And I speak very highly of these people, it's because they are genuinely great people, and uh, lo and behold, you know, just like stories that my teachers have said about their college experience, we all have a group chat that we text in and out of every day. And I wish that, you know, I just, what I love about technology is that without this, I wouldn't be in this situation. I think the power, I think we give, like, especially now, the internet toxicity has been on the social media side of just, ugh, you know, just like, ugh, I don't want to deal with that. But the communicative side of it is great, and I love. Without it, where would I be? Way more lonely than I am now. And I know it's just like, there's an argument saying that, yes, you're alone. I mean, well, like, uh, online, like, texting makes you more alone, but you're not there. I'm just like, well, in my situation, I'm very much not alone. So, yeah. Cherish the internet for what it's worth, you know, because it's a luxury that we have. More than anything, it's a luxury, but a luxury that can be utilized for both bad and good things. Like internet scams and adware and viruses I don't know what I want to talk about anymore <laughs> sorry I'm running out of juice and this honestly comes down to me being hungry also hunk hang being hangry is a scientific term now because it's been proven I need to get something to eat but regardless have a good night everybody maybe you'll catch more of me at 1am if you like this episode of 1am, like shit that I talk about, let me know, I guess. I don't know how these podcasts work, but be kind to one another, eat fruit, do yoga, go out on a walk, pet a dog, you know, I'm, as long as it's warranted. Touch some grass, run a business, lift some weights. <laughs> Good night, everybody.